Jamie. Yes, Marianne. I'm a bit sad to tell you that this is the end of the Lovecraft show, as in there won't be any more seasons and there won't be any more episodes. That's bad news, I, particularly as I'm still in the Lovecraft show. What am I going to do now? Well, don't worry, because we've got a new show for all our crafty-loving listeners. It's going to be called Craft Talking. Guess who's going to be doing it? Who's going to be doing it? You! Hey! <laughs> oh, I can live on to be another day. I tell you what, it's very weird just being a disembodied voice that exists in a podcast. There are so many trapped in other podcasts that have pod-faded over time. But I can live on in another area. I'm so excited now. Craft talking, you say? Craft talking. So it's going to be a fantastic new podcast with me and you. And we're going to talk to everybody and anybody so people listeners don't forget to subscribe and find craft talking wherever you get your podcasts that's craft talking without a g because we're so cool see you there bye knock knock who's that honda honda who on the first day of Christmas, my true love saved to me. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's the Lovecraft Show. My name's Mr. X Ditch. And I'm Marion. Merry Christmas, Jamie. Merry Christmas, Marion. How the Dickens are you? I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Talking of Dickens, um, mm. The Christmas Carol, I've just started reading it actually. I read it every year to right. refresh my memory because it's one of my favourite books. I do the same, but with the Muppets version. <laughs> Like I like to watch. That's one of my traditions. The Muppets version and uh, Snoopy Christmas. Those are two important Christmas traditions I love for me. Muppet Christmas is always on in our house. Absolutely. Mm. I, I wanted to just say that this, this lovely Christmas stocking episode that we're... I see it as a Christmas stocking, this episode. Yes. A special extra. I'm even one. wearing stockings. Don't. Don't. Our listeners, they'll pass out. They'll have an attack of the vapours. <laughs> Um, this Christmas talking episode, I thought what we could do is we could we could share with our lovely listeners all our favourite picks from the Lovecraft website that they might want to buy for crafters for Christmas. Sounds That's good. That's what I thought. Be a sort of an extra little Christmas talking, something unexpected from us for Christmas. It's fair to say, and I'm not paid to say this, but the Lovecraft show has got a lot of craft stuff on it. It's almost like it's a thing. <laughs> You mean we're talking but it's to... not just knitting and stitching, though, is it? There's all kinds of crafts on there. Paper crafts, baking, all kinds of bits and pieces. It's been quite good fun having a rummage around. I found a few things I didn't even know I liked on there. Oh, absolutely. We've talked to so many people about so many different crafts. And craft is particularly fun to do, I think, when we're in sort of colder weather like we are at the moment. Or indeed, around this festive period... Whatever you're celebrating. So if you're if you're doing a bit of other sort of winter festivals, of which there are so many beautiful ones around the world. So if you have a bit of downtime around your winter holiday of choice, that's the time to get crafting. It's true. Although I would say if you're a serious crafter and you're thinking about making stuff for friends and loved ones, you're probably quite late. Like my entire crafting at this time of the year when this show comes out is definitely going to be down to that Francis Quinn button pretzel combination that we talked about in episode one of this season. If our listeners haven't listened to that, go and find it. Yeah, that's to reiterate, a great one. 
Yeah, what you do is you get the large chocolate buttons and you put them in the oven on a very low heat so they just melt ever so slightly. And then you get yourself some nice pretzels and you put one pretzel inside each button and let them cool and harden. And suddenly you've got yourself some salty, pretzely, chocolatey treats that, to be honest, I'm giving to pretty much everybody. Not going to lie. They'll think it's yeah. fancy. What I think is really great with those as well is that you can do them with Bourneville buttons. You can do them with dark chocolate buttons or you could do them with chocolate orange buttons or chocolate mint buttons or caramel buttons or wherever you are in the world. If you get a larger chocolate button and a standard little crispy pretzel. Just not real buttons. Unless you really don't like someone or they're an idiot. I mean, you could try it. <laughs> and if they eat them, you can give them the gift of the Heimlich manoeuvre. For Christmas. <laughs> That's always a good one. And they were you'd know that they're a real button if they're a bit too crunchy. Marion, tell me Yeah. Uh tell me what your first pick for your Christmas stocking is. Well Please. the first pick I think the first pick I want to talk to you about is yarn. Because you know, I'm obviously a yarn crafter. Um I, I'm a I, I love yarn the most, although I love all craft. And my first clever pick for if you know a crafter, you know a knitter or a crocheter who loves making things, you can't go wrong if you buy them some yarn. And the idea I have is that you buy them a value pack. So on the Lovecraft website, I just wanted to add, actually, we're going to put all the links in mm-hmm. the show notes to all of the things we're going to talk about today Yeah. Um, so that you can go and have a look. But if you buy a yarn value pack, and these are sometimes you could buy them in five balls or ten balls, um, you know, five balls of something is easily going to be a scarf. Right. So my favourite of these is the Yarn Collective Bloomsbury DK three skein colour pack, which is perfect for someone who loves hand dyed yarn. It's absolutely gorgeous, and also yarn packs are great. For example, there's a lovely one there which has got everything you need to make the paint box yarn sleigh ride jumper, which is a really gorgeous, would look very nice on you, Jamie, um, sort of like <laughs> hand-knit raglan shape with Christmas trees all over the front. So yarn packs, that's my first pick of the Christmas stocking. That sounds pretty reasonable because I guess the thing is, is what you're doing is you're giving someone a colour nudge without necessarily prescribing what they need to make. So it's sort of like a helping hand, but without too much. I guess the flip of that is if you go, here's a crochet dragon, everyone's like, oh, crap. I've got to make that a thing. (laughs) Whereas if you go, here's some lovely, colourful yarn, they'd be like, oh, brilliant. I'm going to make you a crochet dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, even if you choose, if you go into sort of like the clearance or the sales section and you choose maybe three balls of something, that's enough to make a pair of mittens or a pair of socks or something you know actually the gift of yarn is a very lovely yarn gift that's a really nice thing for a a knitter or a crocheter obviously i like to see the darkness in everything is it possible that you might also give people colors that you wish that they made you a thing of in the past (laughs) like gunmetal gray i've got you three three balls of gunmetal gray here the color of my soul (laughs) well it depends how much you love them That's what I could say. You could be thinking, in the depths of your heart, what colours would this person love? Oh, yeah, that's a nice or, idea, isn't it? Now that you or said that. you could be trying to, you know, get a scarf out of them in the colour that you love. 
<laughs> with Jamie's a note mum. saying, Jamie's mum, if you're listening. Scarf. Yeah, hi, yeah this would make a lovely scarf. Uh, anyway, so yarn packs, that's my that's my first tip. And the thing is, you can get some really lovely multicolour packs as well. Just lovely for a yarn crafter. They'll just spend the morning cuddling them, rubbing them against their faces. They you will, know, like, stiffing mm, the so yarn. Nice. So come on then, you tell me, what's your next one? Okay, my first one is a, it's a bold choice, but scissors. You need scissors in life, particularly when you're a needle worker. And you can't, you need it sometimes a good pointy pair of scissors. You can't just have any old pair of scissors. And so sometimes I think if you're only going to have one pair of scissors in your arsenal, you've got to go gangster about this. You know me, <gasps> image is everything. So I've chosen some unicorn rainbow scissors because there's nothing more gangster than a unicorn rainbow in your cross stitch arsenal. I like them. Oh. They're unicorns, obviously, so that's all right. And they're rainbow colour, so that's all right. And they've got a long pointy end, which you need for being able to, like, wheedle underneath um, your stitches and stuff like that. They may even, don't quote me on this, but I think they might even have a little magnetic end, which is perfect for, like, picking up needles and stuff like that. And you can get them for, like, eight quid. I love that. And actually, you know, scissors, a pair of scissors is something that crafters are passionate about. So, yeah, that's a really good and also it's a, like a really good little gift, isn't it? That's useful. Mm. And you think, oh, brilliant. I'll pop that in my and then you can sort of like add in the word sort of like travel kit, sewing box, knitting yeah. bag. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing that's as well, actually one. speaking to travel is that those scissors have got a small enough blade length that you would be able to take them on planes because of underneath for, you know, for or if you're a dangerous terrorist who enjoys a bit of embroidery. You can get... <laughs> Do you know, what? I've got to tell you this story, actually. This year we went to the Windsor Horse Show to have a look uh, at the horses and watch the carriage driving and things. And as we were going in, you had to go through like quite a long security thing. And there were some really burly security guards checking everybody's bags. Quite rightly, obviously checking for, you know, bombs and, and other nasty things. And I suddenly had this panic about halfway down the line. I said to my husband, I said, Jerry, I've got scissors in my bag. Because, of course, I had knitting with me and I had a pair of scissors in my bag. And they were stalk scissors. Mm-hmm. so I thought what do I do I'm going to have to fess up before we got there uh, and say look excuse me Mr Security Guard I've got scissors in my bag so we got there and I said I was just like put my hands up I said look, I'm really really sorry I'm a knitter I've got some scissors in my bag and this man looks at me like I was absolutely crazy and he goes can you show me the scissors so I got them out my son would be telling me off for not saying a pair of scissors at this point I got them out and he said yes these ones are dangerous because you could actually puncture an organ. They've got <laughs> so I think <laughs> they didn't take them off me. They they trusted me because they also saw needles, yarn, you know, stuff like that. And they didn't think I was going to puncture anybody's organs. But the key here is, as you say, take shorter bladed pairs of scissors if you're out and about, yeah. and not long bladed scissors because otherwise no. they think you can reach an organ. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, make a rainbow unicorn. And they better look at me. How could I be wanting to maim somebody? It's a rainbow unicorn, but I'm going to maim them with love. <laughs> well, so my next mm. little one here is a book. And you know, there's nothing better than a lovely new book that you can curl up with uh, in front of a roaring fire or metaphorically you know, Roaring Fire, television Picture program. Of Netflix, Fire. Picture of Roaring <laughs> yeah. Fire. Netflix. Then with a new book. And I'm going to nominate the Mr. X-Stitch Guide to Cross-Stitch because it is 
the work to own. It is the cross-stitch book that you want above all other cross-stitch books because it's so fabulous. I don't know who wrote it, do you? No, I hear that the man's <laughs> magnificent. He's he's done a lot of service <laughs> to the crafting world. I also hear it's literally the only craft book that ever got a 10 out of 10 for pure perfection. And it's it my is. understanding that not only does it teach you how to cross-stitch, but it teaches you why you should cross-stitch, why cross-stitch is important for your mental well-being as well as for artistic expression. Apparently, it's quite good. It's a superb work of genius. <laughs> so I would say, we'll put the link in the show notes, you can get the Mr. X-Stitch Guide to Cross-Stitch, which is going to be the only book you'll need this Christmas if you want to learn to cross-stitch. So or indeed at all one. take that richard osman it's the only book you need this christmas you need <laughs> the tuesday night murder club or whatever his book's called <laughs> you got, there's even jokes in there you know this my... in, the mis- in the yeah well i'm not funny because you're a funny guy i'm not surprised I'm thanks no thanks so... for recommending that it would have been pretty awkward if i'd have recommended it so speaking of funny things by the way do you know what santa's favorite singer is no who's santa's favorite singer Elfish Presley. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I like a bit of Bargello, Bargello, the kind of groovy 1970s almost stitching pattern type of stitching. Um, yes, a lot of the time me too. you just do it with natin stitch. It's very groovy. I do like it a lot. And there's quite a few people. It's, it's becoming, I think we're still ahead of the curve on the Bargello trend. If you ask me, in fact, in the Mr. X Stitch Guide to Cross Stitch, there's a Bargello pattern. That's how good it is. Um, but in the depths of uh, Lovecraft, I found the Appleton's Ice Cream Bargello Long Stitch Cushion Kit. It's quite a mouthful. Very nice. I do really like the pattern. Yes, I, I love Bargello, Bargello. I also love it. And actually, I think it's a very good introduction to stitching because, I don't know, it's just a, it's sort of like longer strands. It sort of seems to go quicker. Yeah. I mean, with it, because it's on a cushion kit, you get that sense of scale and you're doing it with Appleton's Wool, which is a very, you know, well-known wool brand in needlework circles, certainly. This particular pattern, the colour palette's quite nice. It's kind of got like reds and creams and blues in it. But also there's something about the repetition of the stitch and you're making the pattern. So once you've got into the how the pattern goes when you're stitching it, it's quite easy to kind of achieve it. So you get that kind of meditative, mindful thing, but you also get a very groovy cushion out the end of it. So that's a great one for a bit of home decor, or as I like to call it, domesticery. Oh, very good. Domesticery. <laughs> Well, on on the back of that, actually, there's also a really great book, which is uh, Bargello by Narissa Pratt. And it's a great book um, that's also on the site, which is a, is a good companion, which will introduce people to the sort of the principles and the and the how to's if they haven't already got the Mr. X-Stitch Guide to Cross-Stitch, which has that in it. Well, while we're on a book roll, then this is a book that uh, we didn't review this one on a recent episode of the Lovecraft Show. We reviewed the sister publication. So I'm talking about Cross-Stitch for the Earth by Emma Congdon, one of the UK's finest cross-stitch designers. And this book by Search Press has got 20 different designs using Emma's classic combination of typography, good design, good colour choices, all with a kind of environmentally conscious theme. Tis a great pleasure for anybody who's a cross-stitcher, this book. The first time I saw, when we reviewed Cross-Stitch for the Soul, Emma's other book on the show, I this is the first time I'd seen any of her publications and I love the way uh, you know, the way she lays out the books, the way she lays out the designs, so clear 
to follow. Absolutely beautiful. I love the way she does it. And the nice thing about her patterns is they're made of lots of little elements. So you can get kind of wins. Sometimes when you do big patterns, like about the third design I ever did was like the Kiss by Klimt and it was 70,000 stitches and it was a beast and I never finished it. And there weren't any bits where I could go, oh, I've actually finished that bit, you know. So something like Emma's designs, you've got words and you can finish them and be like, oh, I finished that bit or other decorative elements that you can finish and you get a sense of completion even though you haven't done the whole thing. And I think that's quite a big win really. So, you know, one of the things that I think is very nice to have at Christmas is a, is a kit, and um, or a Kit Kat, or maybe more than one Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah, um, I love a kit in the sense that if, if it's a craft you haven't done yet or you don't know very well, you've got everything in there that you need in order to make something completely. And so, one of the things I love are these mint and make kits, and the mint and make kits that are on Lovecraft, the thing I like about them is that they've got the the design printed on the canvas. So when you, they're embroidery uh, and cross-stitch uh. kits and they have everything in there. I think you need a hoop, but they have the sort of the whole lovely design printed on the fabric so that you don't need to trace it on before you start. And they're all Christmassy. They're absolutely gorgeous. The Christmassy, wintry, snowflakey, you know, I love them. I think they're just big enough as well. There's different range of ones. The one that I've picked that I really like is like a Merry Christmas embroidery kit, but they're all gorgeous. You you quite like those, don't you? Yeah, I like that kind of thing. I think that there's something to be said when it comes to hand embroidery as opposed to cross stitch. Hand embroidery is a bit more sort of free form and stuff like that. So sometimes it is quite good to have the design put on there in the first place. You can see where you're stitching. It takes a lot of the fear out of it as opposed to, like you're saying, having to trace something or kind of eyeball something or something like that. So I think that's quite nice. And yeah, those are quite a charming little collection. They've got that kind of nostalgic vibe that you can make them. There probably is still time to like bang one out for a, a friend or loved one or something like that, but also just giving them as gifts to people. What I love about these things as well, to my own sensibilities, is you can also take them and turn them into something else as well. So I also found a uh, mint and make cross-stitch kit on there that now I don't want to bring up the past, Marion, but I still remember <laughs> when you said that I was a Grinch at Christmas. So I've chosen oh, one that just... says resting Grinch face because <laughs> I am a lot more chirpy than I than I sound. You know, this was a good I enjoyed this one, though. When I saw it, I was like, yeah, all right. For everybody who doesn't quite enjoy like because it's like. I like Christmas, right? But Christmas to me is that moment when you sit down and like now that I'm a dad, like the kids are just enjoying themselves and you've got a glass of whiskey in your hand and you've got the fire on and you've got too many like roast potatoes in your tummy and there's just peace for a minute and you can stop and sniff and take it all in and have a little shed a little tear because of the beauty of it all. I'm not that bothered about Mariah Carey blasting over the aisles at B&M and Home Bargains in the third week of November, you know? So there's mm. a trade-off here. So I feel like resting Grinch Trace is probably what I am until about the 15th of December, and then it probably kicks in. Oh, I'm much earlier, Christmas Eve, much earlier than you. I am probably half-elf. In my DNA, there must be sort of some Christmas elf because I love it. And I always want to start much, much earlier than everybody else. So I don't mind Christmas tunes. I don't mind people putting their trees up early. And actually, these things can really cheer you up. Christmas is not always easy for everybody. Sometimes 
It's a sad time of year sometimes. It can be a tempestuous time of year. There's all sorts of things, reasons why people are not, say, like me, half-elf and get very excited about Christmas. But this is where craft comes in, into its own, I think. Because if you find a Christmas horrid or very difficult or something, then you can have some peace and, and be soothed by the power of craft, whether you start knitting yourself a new sweater or you start embroidering something that's going to keep you busy for the whole of the new year. There's a lady I know who's embroidering, oh no, I think she's cross-stitching every single Pokemon. Now, I mean, there's millions of Pokemon, aren't there? So that's going to keep her going for at least a year. (laughs) So you could start a project, you could learn something new, you could uh, just have a little bit of cosy downtime. So I'm with you. I'm with you in the feeling a little bit too full and getting a bit misty looking at the family thinking, wow, I'm so lucky. We've had tricky times, but we're still here. But for other people, I think craft is your best friend at Christmas. Yeah, it's true. There is a lot to be said for the joy of making things and then giving them to other people, even when it's like neighbours and stuff like that. I'm quite I'm quite a fan of getting to know your neighbours, getting to know your postman, getting to know your binmen, all of those sorts of things. When we moved to where we live now, lockdown just started. So for the first six months of us living here, two of my best friends were Mr. and Mrs. Hermes, the delivery people, <laughs> you know, but they, they got us a selection box at Christmas. It all kind of panned out. Sometimes I think at Christmas I get misty-eyed when I sit there and, you know, there's a bit of Nat King Cole and I see the kids and I shed a tear as I think that washing up ain't going to clean itself. So I have to get off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit depressing as well. Go and do a do bit you more think of that. this is the thing actually for craft at Christmas as well is that, you, and you, you make a really good point, most people that do craft do it in terms of giving things to people. They make things for people. This year, instead of socks, I'm on mittens. So I'm Whoa. I'm working my way through making mittens because I love, and actually I'll put the link in the show notes because I love it so much, um, a pattern called the World's Simplest Mittens from Tin Can Knits. And it has mittens from like tiny children right the way up to adult, not only just a whole range of sizes in the free download pattern, but also in different weight yarns. So it's for like four ply, DK, Aaron, Chunky, all the numbers, absolute genius pattern. If you're a knitter, you will know about tin can knits and how incredible they are. But this is just the best mitten pattern ever. So I'm making mittens for everybody and you can dig into your stash and you don't have to spend a fortune with this free download. You can get all the stash that you've got that you haven't used over the years and make mittens for people. But you're right. We love the giving part of Christmas. And so we, I mean, it, as you said earlier, it's probably a bit late to be making blankets now, but... Certainly, you can make little beautiful items for people, little treats for Christmas. And one of my best treats, and this is something that is still viable, uh, is to make raspberry gin. Now, how long does it take? Because I think to myself, whenever you make anything like that, it usually takes weeks and weeks and weeks. How, how long does it take? With a thing like slow gin or any of your bigger gins, like slow gin, you want three months to make that. Raspberry gin, two weeks, I kid you not. The raspberries wow. really get their juice on, right? So there's a recipe. You need 70 CL bottle of gin. You need about 350 grams of raspberries and you need about 150 grams of sugar. And basically in a sterilized jar, put the raspberries and the sugar in, pour the gin over the top, give it a swell, stick it in a dark cupboard, give it a shake once a day just to keep it going. And within about two to three weeks, if you can spare two to three weeks to do it, 
you will get raspberry gin out of it. Pop it into little tiny like kilner bottle things, homemade label, bit of raspberry gin for everybody, hot diggity. You will be the most popular person in the arena and it tastes really good. Tastes even better in the summer with a bit of tonic and stuff like that. But oh, I love that's it. That's a real quick win. Homemade booze, quick win there, everybody. Pay attention. Definitely. And I think you partner that up with some of Francis Quinn's fantastic button pretzels. Or, in fact, I do what I do. I do um, sort of meringue nuts. So you do sort of like pecan nuts in a in a meringue and you put it in the oven and dry them out. I'll try and find the uh, recipe and post it, a link to it in the show notes. And bags of those, any kind of like Christmas little sweeties you can make. Hey, Marion. Yeah. You're half elf, apparently. Yeah. What's your favourite kind of music? Oh, goodness me. What, rap Christmas? music. <laughs> rap. Did you get it? Rap. Like, I've found a nice kit for people to try. Let's move on. What are you talking about, rap? Rap. Like, rapping presents. Oh, rap. Such a good joke, that one. I, look, I don't, I don't claim, I don't write these jokes. I just tell these jokes, you know. It's a gift that keeps on giving somebody... In their ears has just had a little chuckle inappropriately in front of some of their friends because of that joke. <laughs> that one. If that was you, write in show at lovecraft.com. Let us know. I'll send you a t shirt. <laughs> I like a bit of macrame. Macrame. My wife, my wife, Mrs. X Stitch, is well into macrame. She's really good at it. And she, I mean, she makes some really amazing things. Um, but plant hangers is like your classic macrame start out. And to me, you can't beat. A spider plant in a pot hanging off a ceiling hook. That is like, because it's just in our bedroom, in our house, we've lived here for like a year and a half. And when you do your house up, you know, your bedroom's always the last place you do it. And as is just bland at the moment, because when we moved in, it used to have green elephant wallpaper because it was a kid's bedroom. So we got rid of that. And now it's just cream and boring. But the other day we hung a plant in there by accident because we were just moving it. And suddenly we were like, oh, it's so much nicer just by having a plant. And I think there's a lot to be said for sticking plants over places. And there's a lot to be said for macrame plant hangers as a consequence. And there are a few different kits on the Lovecraft's website for macrame. I've chosen the Stitch Happy Mid-Grey Plant Hang Macrame Kit. <gasps> it's quite a mouthful. But what it does is it gives you the materials and teaches you how to make the frame that you can put your plant pot inside. And I believe it even comes with a pot. Well, do you know what? I like macrame and I like it so much that one year, just for fun, we did spaghetti macrame on YouTube. I remember. Yes. Oh, man. So Link in the show notes to that bad boy. Link to our spaghetti macrame. I actually made a really, really hilarious little hanging made out of extra long spaghetti, which then dried uh, and is on the wall. So <laughs> Still. <laughs> It's a nice it's just, shade of green now. <laughs> it's just fun. I like. I really like macrame. I think the thing with macrame that gets me is a lot of the time people think of it being really fringy and sometimes a bit cringy as a consequence. But actually, when it's done nicely, it can be a thing of beauty and just a really simple way to get a bit of textile wall art as well. Yeah, I love it. And in the same way, weaving actually mm -hmm. is also really fun. And I suspect that in an episode coming soon, we're going to be talking about circular weaving. So we'll leave that, we'll park that one for another episode, but it's it's very exciting. One of the other things I think would be a really great gift would be uh, on the subject of kits. If you really want to buy somebody something enormous for a sweater or something, you could 
have a look at the Tom Daly Made With Love kits that are on the Lovecraft site. There are lots of them and they've got whole jumpers and absolutely gorgeous. Is that Tom Daly who came on the Lovecraft show in the first season when he wasn't a gold medal winning Olympic athlete? <laughs> And then after he'd been on the Lovecraft show, went to the Olympics and got a gold medal and then came back again, just affirming his status as an... In fact, not only did he become a gold medal winning athlete from being on the Lovecraft show, he also went to the Met Gala after he'd been on the Lovecraft show as well. Is that right? (laughs) There's a correlation. I'm not saying Uh, we're transformative, but... Well, he did say, he did say there is something in it. He did. If you listen to um, the second time we talked to Tom, he does say, well... You know, I had been on the Lovecraft show and, it, you know, it did transform him. I love the fact that he loves, he he actually does attribute his success to the meditative calm and focus that he gets from crafting. And I think that's a, a really great thing that he said that because we all know that a bit of crafting is so good for the soul and so good for health. Yeah. So I love that. So his his kits, if you want to buy something really huge and exciting for somebody, uh, that we will put a link in the show notes, but there are some gorgeous Tom Daly kits and they all use this sort of big, super chunky yarn that is very beloved by the young people. The uh, <laughs> and so these things, they get knitted up super fast or crocheted up super fast, but they're gorgeous. So Made With Love by Tom Daly, that's another thing to add onto your kit list. Yeah, nice. And then I found a kit, speaking of young people and speaking as someone who has two young people of his own, I think I always think I've taught cross-stitch to quite a lot of young people and there is definitely a turning point when suddenly someone gets old enough to have the patience and the dexterity to be able to do a bit of stitching. Um, I never really wanted to teach people unless they're in double figures, so 10 and upwards, you know, because of that frustration and stuff like that. But at the same time, both of my kids have had a go. And if you get a bit of plastic canvas and a bit of thread and you tie knots in it and you give them the freedom to do whatever, like kids will quite happily sit there. And it still stuns me how quiet my kids go when they do a bit of stitching. I found in Lovecraft, there was this, uh, it's called My First Raccoon. It's a tapestry kit. And it's just a little needle pointed tapestry thing it's i think at the moment it's about six pounds or something like that cheap as chips but it's a really cute design that to me has got like it's got quite a nice style it's kind of symmetry but it's retro and stuff like that and because it's tapestry it's just that single tent stitch which means it's really easy for somebody so if you've got a young person who let's say seven and upwards this is probably quite a nice kit to let them have a go at because it will give them the option of making something that they can stitch that's appealing but isn't too complex. But it's still a bit of a challenge. You know, there's about five different colours in there. It's not it's not just a single colour thing, but actually it's a great introduction to stitching. And I, I just thought it was quite cute. And you know me, I don't like cute things. So I thought it was a really good way to kind of like get people into it. You don't like cute things and yet you're so cute. <laughs> Marion. Jamie. How do Christmas trees get ready for a night out on the I town? Don't know. <laughs> how do Christmas trees get ready for a night out on the town? They spruce themselves up. <laughs> I love I So love anyway, Christmas our uh, our Christmas stocking is full, don't you think? I think there's so many gorgeous things that you could buy for crafters in your life, but also maybe a little treat for yourself in your own yeah. Christmas stocking. 
I think so. If you haven't done your Christmas shopping and you're listening to this now and it's before Christmas, links are in the show notes. Head over to Lovecrafts, buy all the things. Just go over there anyway and just we've, we've picked these things with love because hopefully there's something there for everybody and it's just our way of saying these are the things that we think you'll love. Don't forget about raspberry gin. Don't forget about pretzels in chocolate buttons <sighs> and then we can all relax into christmas i hope you have a very beautiful christmas we'll be back actually before the end of the season with a very special christmas cracker episode yes with guest stars and with much more hilarity and stuff so like that. we've got to keep some of our christmas spirit back Yes. For our special Christmas cracker banging last episode of season three. But we hope you have, if you don't listen to that one, how very rude, but we hope you have a nice Christmas <laughs> anyway and that we've given you lots of ideas. Marion, knock, knock. Who's there? Anna. Anna who? Anna Partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. Thank you very much, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you.